Welcome to the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Here are your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stahl. Welcome to Legally Sound Smart Business. This is Nasser Pasha. And this is Matt Staub. And welcome to our podcast where we cover business in the news and also answer some of your business legal questions that you, the listener, can send in to ask at LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com. There we go. I was expecting more from you, but that's all you got. (laughs) Yeah, I just wanted a little mellow today. The Monday episodes are always start off a little bit slow. It's the beginning of the week, you know, it takes some time. So I have a good feeling by mid-Wednesday episode, we should be in full stride. You know, you're right. The Monday episodes are low energy. And then by Friday, it's just like crazy. You might as well just be a party podcast. Sprinting. <laughs> Literally, people should have Friday parties and just listen to our podcast on repeat. That's how great they are. I record the Friday podcast on a treadmill sprinting. <laughs> the whole time for 10 minutes it's pretty it's an intense workout but it's, it's worth it that's uh, a 10 minute workout not too bad yeah all right so we got a pretty interesting story for today and i'm sure this has happened to a lot of people so let's say you have a website and people post stuff on your website are you responsible for what they post on there so that's kind of the background of this lawsuit i mean this is a little bit different because the website that this guy has who looks like a late 90s version of Eminem. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. <laughs> His, I want to get an accurate description of what this is. It's a revenge website. I don't know how they how they label it, but it's basically somewhere where you can go and post not the best things about people. And that's the website right there. So you can kind of air out your, no pun intended, dirty laundry because it's called the dirty. Or I guess that would be pun intended, but So basically what happened with this is someone posted something on here about this one female. She asked them to take it down, never did. Eventually she sued and won for $338,000, 300K of that in punitive damages. But a court recently overturned this decision saying that this is all user-generated content, that they weren't liable for that. So, and there's reasons why. So, I mean, this, this will differentiate this situation from others, but pretty interesting decision because if you do have a website that has, you know, this is direct posting, but like a forum or what have you, you know, are you going to be responsible for that stuff? This is all things that should be on your terms and usage policy that's on there, but this is something you got to think about if people are posting on your website. Yeah. So this website, thedirty.com, which if you go to it, it is pretty scandalous. It's like, I don't even understand what it because it's it's other people that have posted about certain individuals who, of course, most people don't even know who they are. And for whatever reason, yeah. it's a bunch of selfies and I'm confused, frankly. But the point <laughs> is, is that there is a law that was passed in 1996, which if you think about is pretty early in the internet days, right? True, yeah. And uh, what this did is basically... It did two things. One, it talked a little bit about how to handle obscene material, especially in its in cyberspace and, and how it's uh, available to children. That's one part. But the part that is important here, even though this website is a little scandalous and maybe obscene, but the second part is that it basically made these, uh, just because you're an internet service provider, and that definition kind of was generalized a little bit to website owners as well. You are not liable for even defamatory content that is put on your website with certain conditions. Now, compare this to a newspaper, right? If you publish a newspaper and 
even if someone else wrote it, you're still responsible for that. And the reason is because you're actually involved in the editing process and so forth. And so the same applies if you have a forum or this online kind of place where people can post anything, then if you actually edit the content itself, then you could be construed as being responsible for it. And this Communications Decency Act no longer applies to you. Yeah. And getting to the actual law behind it, and that's, you're exactly right. And basically they said that the female that was suing, you know, she never actually attempted to recover the persons behind the posting. So she went after this guy and his company, but she never tried to subpoena them and get the names of the people that wrote the stuff. They basically said that the website and the, the guy didn't materially contribute to the tortious content. So I guess it probably would be something different if they had to approve everything that was posted. Then at that point, it's kind of your example of the newspaper and, you know, they say yes to everything that's posted. If it's just a wide, I mean, for this website, I haven't been to it. I was too afraid to go to it because I thought it was going to be some sort of like yeah virus stricken website. <laughs> but um, I assume it's tons of posting, so it'd be impossible to handle all that traffic. So it makes sense that it's just a... I'm not sure if that's true either, because it looks like, I mean, each post seems to be of a certain level of, this sounds weird, of a quality content instead. In, in other words, it's not just like random gibberish in the sense that it seems like somehow it's still curated to put certain posts up front or what have you, which I don't know if they made that argument because I think, you know, compare this to Facebook or Twitter I think we all agree it doesn't make sense if I post something on Facebook that is defamatory, which I do all the time. And if someone sues Facebook for something that I posted, does that really make sense? I don't think so. So, But if Facebook took my post and made it a sponsored post or distributed it to like everyone or, or something unusual for that particular post, That'd be a little bit different as well. And I think I'd be uh, careful if that's how that's being done. Actually, I just went to the website. And I take back what I said. These look like posts that have to be done through the website. Yeah. I can't go on here and post this. It looks, it's like blog posts, basically, sort of thing. Yeah. It's like the TMZ model. And they do say some very, <laughs> this looks like a racist post that's on the bottom of this front page. That looks like an issue, but I don't know. Wow. Okay. Well, I take back what I said. Who knows? can't believe they overturned this case now. I assume it's very specific, obviously, to that particular case. And this website is really just, uh, I think, disturbing, no? Yeah. Yeah, this doesn't... I don't know why people would even go to this, but all right. But, we won't waste any more time on, on this guy. But, but you know what? Like, there's other sites like this. Like, uh, Ripoff Report is classic. They've used this law to hide behind quite a bit. And basically, people can say whatever. But what the worst thing is, is that even if it's anonymous a user can't even take it back once they posted it. So even if there's like a lawsuit where it's declared defamatory content, they've been able to fight against any kind of legal challenges to remove content and basically there forever. And Google's gotten better, but they've indexed these pages and and actually it comes up pretty high, even though it has, and this kind of goes along with Yelp and other things like that. So we've talked about that in the past. Right. I mean, at least that's a complaining about people's services. This is just complaining about people's life. Yeah. It's kind of weird. Very superficial stuff. All right. Well, sorry, Eminem, for bashing your website. <laughs> I actually, I, I feel like that you insulted Eminem by calling him that. But Yeah, that's true. That's true. All right. Question of the daytime. I work for a firm doing a temporary assignment on a client's work site. The firm calls me 
an exempt hourly contractor employee <laughs> and deducts ta- tax contributions per my request, but says I am an independent contractor. Does this make sense? I work at a fixed hourly rate. So, well, first, this doesn't even seem like a real question, right? I mean, exempt hourly contractor employee, like you can't make up that stuff. That's what's funny about it. Yeah, I think titles are generally meaningless, but it's a good point. This title's not even a real thing. Like this isn't even a I think this is a fake email. I don't know. <laughs> no, it's real. We got it a few days ago. Yeah, it's true. We did get it. We saw the person. So, all right. Well, if you are an independent contractor, you can have money taken out of your check. It's pretty uncommon. I think it's very uncommon because most times employers don't even want to deal with it or businesses don't want to deal with it. So, but it, it's possible. Oh, it was per his request. Okay. Well, that makes sense then. Oh, so, okay. That part makes sense. Fixed hourly rate, you know, he's still fine in general. It doesn't make him an employee per se, but exempt hourly contractor employee. I don't really know how to tackle that one. And we don't really know. Obviously, we can't do a full analysis of whether he's an employee or an independent contractor based on these couple sentences, but that's a very weird way to label him, those four words there. But I'm trying to figure out too, like as an independent contractor, how do you even withhold taxes with the forms and all that? That seems very confusing. I'm personally not familiar with that. And I'm sure it's like physically possible, but I don't even know how to get that done. But, and then let's just break this down. Exempt hourly contractor employee. So first exempt, I guess it kind of goes with hourly, exempt hourly. Usually exempt employees, it's referring to exempt versus non-exempt as far as exempt from overtime, exempt from certain things like that. And that applies to usually professionals, things like that. And most of the time their salary, but it is possible to do an hourly employee on exempt. Again, that's not common. So that's unusual. And then a contractor employee, they're like that's <laughs> that's like saying, how could I compare that? I don't know. It's it's like they're oxy it's an oxymoron, I suppose, right? Yeah. You're either one or the other. Yeah. Exactly. It's a Venn diagram that doesn't connect, basically. <laughs> That's probably the best way to put it. I think the main issue here is that word employee. I guess actually the exempt parts, well, I don't know. I I don't even know really where to begin. It looks like this guy's an independent contractor. Well, actually, we don't know. I think the employer thinks he's an independent contractor, right? In fact, that's that's what he says. That's true. But really, all we know from this is that your taxes are being withheld and you're working at an hourly rate. If we take a look at those things alone and not look at anything else, it sounds like you're an employee. But again, I, I'm not aware of any kind of independent contract relationship where you can withhold taxes. That seems so strange to me. Well, I say that because on the 1099s, there is a spot for withholding. I'm, I'm going to make sure that's the case. Yeah, let's bring up the form. I was going to say one other thing too before I look into that is part of the analysis is how the parties are viewing the relationship as well. If they're labeling him an employee in part, but also saying he's an independent contractor, I guess that kind of works on both sides. Yeah, you're right. There is a section for federal income tax withheld. You're right. That seems strange. I guess that's okay. I've seen a lot of 1099s and I don't know for you know independent contractors, I don't know if I've ever seen anyone that actually has that federal tax withheld box filled in with anything. And I don't know why you would want to, unless you think you're so irresponsible that you won't set that aside, which is not uncommon, I suppose. But basically giving the government your money interest-free, you know. People love that argument. It is true, but people love it. It's true. Yeah, it is true. Because, I mean, that money, you could be put elsewhere. You could buy a car and 
and then crash it and then waste it and gamble it away or <laughs> yeah. or invest it. As long as you get it back by <laughs> April 15th, I guess you're okay. Yeah, exactly. It all comes around. Race against time. So answer is, he asked, does that make sense? No, it doesn't. I think you <laughs> need to go through the independent contractor versus employee analysis. We have a lot of content on that subject on our website if you want to take a look at poshalaw.com. But other than that, that's what you have to do. Let's just do the full analysis right now. All right. Factor one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we have no facts, though, to, to back it up anyway. So. Yeah. We can make them up. <laughs> All right. Well, that was a good episode. Yeah. Again, Monday episode started slow and did well. Yeah. It's, it's exactly how I thought it was going to go. So we're, we're, we're rolling now. <laughs> sounds like he, picking up momentum. Like he hated the episode. No. Started off walking on the treadmill. It's like a speed walking, slight jog. And then we're going to be jogging into <laughs> the next one all the way into the dead right. sprint on Friday. All right. Well, thank you for joining us, everyone. And thank you for listening. Yep. Keep it sound and keep it smart. This has been the Legally Sound Smart Business Show with your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stop. The Legally Sound Smart Business Show is your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Legally Sound Smart Business is a podcast that is intended but not promised or guaranteed to be current, complete, or up-to-date, and should in no way be taken as an indication of future results. No attorney-client relationship is created by listening or submitting questions to the podcast. The podcast does not constitute legal advice, but rather is offered only for general informational and educational purposes. You should not act or rely on any information in the podcast without first seeking the advice of an attorney. The opinions expressed in the podcast reflect the views of those individuals and do not necessarily represent the views of any other individual or business. For more information about the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, visit LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com.